Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the DLC Drop Podcast. Today it's my pleasure to welcome Bennett Newsom. Bennett is the Director of Esports Growth and Development at Full Sail University. He's going to take us through his career and experience touring the country as a band member before joining Full Sail. He's going to share all the wonderful programs that Full Sail is building and give a lot of insights to students on how to pursue a career in esports. Join me in talking to Bennett. Drop in the untold stories of industry leaders, influencers, and insights on future innovation. I'm John Davidson, and this is the DLC DLC Drop Drop Podcast. Podcast. All right, welcome to another episode of the DLC Drop Podcast. Today is my pleasure to welcome Bennett Newsom. He's the Director of Esports Growth and Development at the prestigious Full Sail University. Thank you for joining me today. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so our good friend Jacob connected us. Yep. I met Jacob at the XPL or the XP League North American Finals last year. Yeah. And I've just been a big fan of Full Sail for a long time. I used to live in Orlando and I've worked in the design industry and, you know, like Full Sail was the school that we wanted to yeah. recruit students from. So I know you guys are big into esports, big into all sorts of other types of production and entertainment. So Really excited to talk with you today and learn about all that you're doing and your personal career. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to to chat with you. And Jacob's a great guy, he's a good bud. So real happy that you guys met and that we're here. Heck yeah. So first of all, tell us in your role as director of esports growth and development, what does that mean and and what are your goals there? Yeah, so it's you know, it's a newer title for me. Previously was the esports strategist for full sale, but kind of wanted to get something a little bit more in line with what we were doing, what I was doing. But essentially I get to wear a lot of different hats. It's a little bit of of this, you know, doing podcast things, talking about full sale and everything that's going on. But more so, you know, building relationships, you know, really getting out there into the industry. I do end up traveling a lot for for full sale, going to different conventions, things like that, to to really kind of share what we're doing with esports at full sale. So it's a, it's a pretty, a pretty cool role to have and, you know, honored to be able to, to do all the things that we're doing, but it's really the, the team back at home that is, is making it all possible. We've got a great, you know, program and a great, you know, staff here under our motto, which really makes things, you know, real easy to promote and talk about. And, and, you know, we're real excited about this upcoming season. That's awesome. So why don't you tell us what is full sale doing in esports? Yeah. So for anyone that's not familiar with Full Sail, it's an accelerated pace university. So essentially our students are able to go through and get their bachelor's degree in just about, you know, two years or so. And we focus on things in the entertainment, media and tech industries. So all of our degrees are hands-on project-based learning. We have a ton of studios and, you know, sound stages on our campus here in Winter Park, Florida, as well as online degrees. But essentially, you know, students that are really passionate about, you know, these these new industries, they they come to Full Sail, they take the program, but we also obviously have esports and and uh, back, you know, about 2011, I want to say, we started to really lean into esports production. So we were doing a lot of events on our campus, yeah. things like MLG. We worked with Red Bull and, you know, EA Sports doing, you know, just a bunch of events that were happening on campus and students would be able to come to those events and either a just spectate and have a good time watching, you know, pro gaming, or they were working the events and getting experience that could then add to their resume. And from that, it just really started to make sense to us. You know, we're very lucky to have an administration that is all about it, you know, that is really focused on what's coming next. And so they went all in on esports and said, Hey, let's, let's focus on this, which gave us the opportunity to, to really start to build. So around 2017, we formally launched our collegiate sports team, our varsity program. And then in 2019, we built the Fortress, which is now the Full Sail University Orlando Health Fortress. That's the largest esports arena on any college campus in the country, which is pretty great. And this this space is really cool because it's more than just like a typical land center. It's actually more of a spectating arena. So we're able to do a bunch of different events. And, and we kind of lean back into that original idea of like event production that we were doing in 2011, where we have a 
punch of clients coming in, whether this is, you know, the NBA 2K League, the Tampa yeah. Bay Lightning, you know, all of these different events. We obviously had the North American finals for XP League here yeah. this past June yep. for their finals. And, and our students are able to then again, work these events, get that experience. And it's really important because most people, when they go out there and they think about their careers, they're like, hey, I want to do this. But then they see the, you know, minimum four years of industry experience. As, as a fresh college grad, that's tough to get. So if you're able to get that while you're at school and at full sale, that's a huge win. So students are graduating with already, you know, a couple years of experience under their belt just for yeah. things that they did at full sale. So that's a really big thing for us. You know, we really lean into the idea that there's there's more to esports than just competitive gaming. Obviously, that's a huge component, right? But the career aspect, the content side, and really the community is is one of the biggest parts of what you know, we're doing here on campus. That's incredible. And it sounds to me like what a great recruiting tool, right? I mean, yeah, I, I, you guys do have this accelerated program and these hands-on opportunities for other industries, of course. And I'm sure those are great recruiting tools as well. I'm curious, have you seen more interest from high school students since you've really leaned into esports? Yeah, absolutely. We, we you know, we don't necessarily recruit like most traditional schools do, especially for esports. There's there's a whole on like an industry starting up of just recruitment when it comes to high school esports players to go on to college. Obviously, there's a ton of different schools out there that are competing, and some are offering you know full rides to students, which right. is incredible and really exciting for the space. We have scholarships at Full Sail that we've been awarding, but we've been kind of approaching that a little bit different, where we are awarding them to current students that are currently in our esports program oh, cool. versus like, you know, going out and recruiting someone to come play for our Rocket League team. Yeah. So we don't do that in that traditional sense, but I think what is unique about Full Sail and, and I think one of the reasons that we do this is because of the, the kind of the drive and the passion that's needed to be successful in these industries. That's part of our whole program. You know, you, this isn't the nest step you know what i mean like when mm -hmm. i was a kid I, you know i was like oh college what's the, the next step gotta please mom and dad but at the same time and there wasn't anything that i was like super passionate about other than music and so yeah. you know for our students you really have to have that drive because that's what's going to carry you through the program and so that's a big part of of why we, we're not currently recruiting for esports but most importantly I think things like our program, the the Full Sail University Orlando Health Fortress play a big role into that. We have done a bunch of high school esports tournaments for local schools around Florida where, you know, they've been able to come and participate in those events. So those types of things obviously really uh, kind of point an eye towards Full Sail for some of these students. But it, at the end of the day, I think it's really just, you know, the trend of, of esports. And this is something now that is becoming way more mainstream than it was a couple years ago. And people are starting to pay attention. And then, like I said, you, people are getting full rides to go to college to play esports, And that's yeah. huge. Like that's a, that's a game changer for sure. The DLC Drop podcast is sponsored by Ice Shaker. I've been a huge fan of this brand for the past few years, ever since I met founder Chris Gronkowski. What I love about this product is the brand story, the functionality and the customization. Eyeshaker is a Shark Tank company invested in by Mark Cuban and Alex Rodriguez, owned by NFL players Rob Gronkowski and Chris Gronkowski. I love using my Eyeshaker anytime I'm driving to the podcast studio, I'm going skateboarding, or I'm at the gym. No matter what I'm doing, it just does a great job of keeping my drinks hot or cold. The customization for Eyeshaker is something that's super unique. You can get any name, just about any logo engraved onto your eye shaker and delivered to you within just three to five business days. Get your own DLC drop branded eye shaker at eyeshaker.com forward slash DLC drop. Save 20% on all eye shaker products with the discount code DLC drop. That's really cool. With this accelerated program, I'm curious. So if you're doing a four-year bachelor degree, typically 12 units is like a full-time role or right. uh, uh, you obviously could do more than that. Right. What does that look like for a student at Full sale? 
Right. So the cool part about our programs is all kind of preset. It's not like you're picking an electives here and there. You, there's a path. You can go onto fullsale.edu and look at every degree program, see every class that you would take along the way, oh, cool. which is nice because it, it takes a lot of the confusion out of, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to choose here, right? The other thing that it does is you are still considered a full-time student because you're taking maybe one, if not two classes per month. And that really puts you at probably about a minimum of 45 hours of dedication mm-hmm. per week. And that's that's the minimum for some of these classes. Some, it gets higher than that, especially when you get towards your like final projects. You know, it's, it's really commitment heavy when it comes to the time that you're needing to dedicate to the program. So you end up landing at a full-time status as well. Cool. Yeah, I personally have, I was able to squeeze my bachelor's degree into four and a half years. So I've got a little extra. <laughs> yeah, real, really appreciate those kids at Full Sail. I, I got a lot of respect for them. Let's talk about you, my friend. You mentioned yeah. your passion in music. So we've got these kids that are coming to Full Sail that are saying, hey, I want to do this. And the, the counselor is saying, yep, this is the path is the program. Yeah. You're 45 hours, etc." But it sounds like you had a little bit of a different experience when <laughs> you approached Full Sail at a young age. And what did the Very counselor true. tell you? Yeah. So they, you know, I was playing music just fresh out of high school. The band I was in got signed to like an indie label and we were touring and, you know, I gave my admissions rep our record and he listened to it, which I thought was cool that he actually took the time to listen. And, and, you know, it turns out he was a former musician as well, a drummer. And uh, he said, Hey, you know, are you ready to, to get off the stage? And I said, what do you mean? He's like, it's going to be really hard for you to commit to this program Mm. and still, you know, do what you're doing with touring and all of that. And I said, well, I'm not, I don't think I'm ready yet. And he goes, then maybe it's not right now. You know, like right now, maybe isn't the time for you to come to full sale. And I thought that was like probably the coolest thing anyone has ever said to me because typically they, they're like, Oh yes, let me sign you up. I'll take your money type of a thing. And it wasn't that way. And I, and that had a huge impact on me. And, and, you know, obviously later in, when my music career, you know, when I started to kind of tone it down a little bit, you know, full sale made sense. And I was like, I want to do what that guy did. I want to make those, you know, opportunities for, for students and ended up getting a job in admissions, working with that same admissions rep for a long time that, you know, really gave me some great advice because I, I would have been pretty mad if I, if I stopped touring and, and yeah. playing music at that time, you know, which I would say was like in my prime, I guess, <laughs> you know, fresh out of high school, not a lot of responsibility on on the plate. So that's incredible. I think that that says so much about that individual. My mom was a, a voice major in college. Okay, yeah. And so to be a voice major, you have to take a ton of classes that are worth one unit. So yeah. rather than taking three or four unit classes, it's just like, brrr, like all these little mm-hmm. classes. So you can't afford, if you want to graduate on time, you can't afford to divert off the path and, I remember her telling me that her college counselor was a history major. So this guy keeps trying to sign her up for all these history classes. And she's like, yeah, (laughs) I don't want to be a historian. I sing really well and I want to do this for a living. So, and I've, I've had experience at colleges where, you know, it's not always the student's best interest, especially when it means the dollar is not going to the school right away. Right. Right. How did that impact you seeing someone's selflessness like that and looking at at what was best for you at that time? Yeah. I mean, I thought that was huge. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of that happening, you know, and to see someone's like, yeah, it's cool. Like, and I, I always appreciated that approach because I do think it's so, you know, I've worked at Full Sail now for almost 16 years. Yeah. And I think timing is incredibly important. And when I was working with students before I, you know, moved into the esports position, you know, part of my job was being a mentor to students and working with them and, and being supportive of that. And and sometimes time, it's not the right time. And that is entirely okay. So I thought that was a huge deal. You know, it really had a, a huge impact on me and, and really kind of changed the direction of of where my life was going at, at that moment so you know being able to come back and come to full sale and, and then you know kind of repay that you know pay it forward if you will yeah. was, was a huge deal for me it really really meant a lot that's really cool i can relate in the way that i did about a year year and a half of community college was just messing around back in the day extracurricular mm-hmm. activities and then got a crazy opportunity to move across the country to Orlando of all places to pursue 
my professional skateboarding dreams. And so while nobody other than my mom urged me to <laughs> leave school and stop <laughs> wasting her money, ha- you know, I was touring around the country for about five years and I got some things out of my system, right? Like I experienced right. a lot. I tried, tried to pursue the dream, didn't accomplish everything that I was set out to, yeah. but also had a lot of experiences that changed my interests, that opened my eyes to things so that when I went back to school at Sacramento State University, where I got a great education, I got a much better education than probably a lot of the people sitting next to me in class because I was focused I knew what I wanted. I was learning the material to learn it, not just because I wanted to pass the test. And so I had a variety of experiences during that in-between time between school. What were some of the things that you learned on the road that you experienced that have helped you in your career today? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think it's funny because I definitely took on a ton of roles outside of just being a member of the band. You know, that was... You know, I had the the van and trailer, you know, I booked all of the shows. I booked it, you know, back in the day, your map quest and things printing out directions. You had a whole, you know, little trapper keeper thing full oh, of yeah. this direction from one venue to the next venue or one venue to a hotel and to the next. And so like that was a whole process booking, you know, and I thought part of, you know, the thing that I learned was part of being in a band was more than just playing music, more than writing good, good songs. It was also learning how to promote yourself, how to market yourself as, as a band. And, you know, this is the time when like, you know, MySpace was popping up and, you know, all the bands were, you know, putting out their music there was the best way to get out. I mean, obviously there's so many more tools today than there were then, but, you know, yeah. learning all of that was a huge deal. So I learned how to build websites, learn how to do graphic design and learn how to edit video. I learned all, like all of these skills that I started to accumulate all just so that we could put out stuff and, and, and like share, you know, the, the music and, and things that we were doing. And so I think that had a huge impact on me because I just was craving to learn all of those things. It was like once I was like, Oh, Hey, how do I do this? Let me go figure it out. You know? And then, and then that was kind of the, the catalyst to a lot of the things that came after music for me was I had all these skill sets that I had to, you know, learn. And I was just like, I don't know what to do with them now. Oh, wait, hold on, there's this whole other thing that I can get into. And so for me, you know, going on the road and and doing those things and having to manage, you know, the dysfunctional family that you chose, it's kind of always how they looked at bands, you know, like you you got along, but sometimes not, you know, and, you know, having to manage all of that, plus get to the next place, you know, play safely and, and play a show. Hopefully people show up and you get paid, you know, that was always the, the, always the challenge, but it was something that was a lot of fun. And the, the life experience that we, we got along the way was, was truly something that you just don't, you don't just get, you have to go, you got to go find it, which is, you know, <laughs> challenging in that, but definitely worth it in the end, you know, looking back on, on those adventures, it was pretty, it was pretty fun. That's awesome. I'm curious if you, had awareness at the time of what you were learning as you were learning it, or if you did all these things. And then when it came time for your professional career, you looked back and remembered like, wait a minute, I've done all this before. You know, I think it was, I'm a very like driven type of person. So for me, it was like, I saw a problem that needed solving and I looked around the room and no one seemed to be jumping up to solve that problem. So I said, okay, I'll just go do it, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that was really the, the big, the big kind of catalyst for me in those areas was once I started to like take the initiative to learn the, you know, X, Y, Z things, I was like, Oh wait, this is kind of cool. I like this, like, but well, Photoshop, you've come a long way, you know, like this is cool. Like yeah. I'm enjoying this. This is fun. And so like that kind of like continued the interest was like, the things that I was learning in all of these different, you know, programs or whatever was fun, you know, and and eventually, you know, like, you know, it ties back into music when we built, you know, a whole light setup for the band and hadn't having to learn how to like program MIDI. And then like, you know, Mm -hmm. every song had like, like lights that would go off with it, you know, and all of those types of things. And that was really fun. And, you know, obviously took the show from here to, to, to there, which was always a, a cool thing, but Except for maybe the people in the front row, they may have been a little blind after all the flashing <laughs> lights, but <laughs> yeah, at the time it was very cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I know that you love to encourage students to try things, to yeah. figure out 
you know, do I actually enjoy the thing, the tasks of right. the role? I, I can relate to this. I had, I got a marketing degree. And so I was like, oh, I want to go into marketing, want to go to marketing. And then I had a lower level marketing job. And I was like, wait, this is a lot of spreadsheets and just <laughs> measuring what somebody else did the cool stuff. And I'm just yeah. measuring it. And, and I looked over at business development. And I was like, whoa, like developing solutions, finding new ways to do things. Like, I really want to do that. There's no substitute for experience. Share a little bit about your perspective on trying things to figure out what you want to do. Yeah, I think that's like the best way is to just do it, right? And I and I look at this in in like the streaming space specifically because, you know, you could sit here and like make all your overlays and like get your camera and the lighting just perfect and like, you know, find the game and and how it's going to play and look on your stream. Like you can sit for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and plan that, but you're never going to like grow and, and move to that next step of that journey until you just like actually hit the go live button and start streaming. Yeah. And it's like the same thing with music. You have your whole life to write your first album, but you only have six months to write your next one. Right. Mm. And so wow. like you, you can always find yourself and get lost in like, Oh, everything's gotta be perfect. But in, in the real reality that I look at, it's like, yeah, that's a, that's cool. You can spend all that time, but you're never going to really learn anything if you just don't start and then go, okay, Hey, that wasn't great. What should I right. do to improve? Right. Like I watch back the stream. I'm like, okay, I didn't talk for 10 minutes at a time. Like maybe I need to think of some topics beforehand so I can bring those up and, and, and kind of have a conversation, you know, or like, you know, I gameplay wasn't good. I need to get better. You know, like yeah. you have all these different things that you start to become aware of when you actually are doing the thing. And, and, and again, in focused on streaming and, you know, like, there's a lot because a it's recorded it's out there on the internet you can always watch it back and and you can give yourself that feedback and i think that is a huge deal for a lot of people because they just don't they're not ready to be like maybe as critical as 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 it as it needs in a lot of other areas but when you start to focus on things like streaming you can like hey i this was it wasn't a good stream bennett like you got to do better like this is mm -hmm. this needs to be the next step for you you need to try to challenge yourself to do these other areas or, or focus on these other things and that was a huge, a huge help. So I, I'm really, you know, kind of a champion on just, hey, try it. Like, you yeah. don't need to spend a ton of money and build a crazy gaming rig. Like, you, if you have a PlayStation or an Xbox, yeah, it's not going to be the greatest looking stream ever, but you can do it. If you have a microphone and, and an Xbox or a PlayStation, you can get on and you can stream and you can see if you like it. And that's how I did it when I first started was you know, playing, you know, Battlefield 4 on my PlayStation 4. And yeah. I was like, hey, this is cool. I like this. I want to keep doing I want to keep doing it, you know, like. <laughs> well, I don't think you get good at anything without doing it a bunch. Yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. then a lot of times it's like, I don't know enough about this thing or especially when it's very front facing, you know, yeah. how am I going to sound? Am I going to trip over my words? Is something going to go wrong? I like to think about it like like working a muscle, which yeah. is just like, yeah, at first you're going to be pretty limited. And then one of the most fun things, something I've experienced with this podcast, is as you are experiencing getting better at doing the thing by doing the thing. And there's also other benefits. One thing I experienced just recently, you know, I talk on this microphone for an hour every week, right? Right. And it has just helped me become so much more comfortable doing keynote speeches and being on panels. And it wasn't too long ago. I just, it was, it was like a breakthrough moment I, I had on stage where I just had supreme comfort moderating this panel in front of all of these people and these cameras yeah. and lights where in the past I always, I did it pretty well, but internally I was really nervous and it was like, yeah. I blacked out. What happened? <laughs> no, now everything slows down. It just feels like I'm like, I'd have a conversation with a friend anywhere else. And I think it's really cool that you can try something and get better at that, but then it opens your eyes or opportunities to something else that you wouldn't have seen coming otherwise. Yeah. And, and I completely agree with you. There's so many doors that open not just for me, but I mean, if you look at the streaming space, you know, there's so many people that, you know, maybe started in that, but now 
have this great career in a related field because of streaming. That was the, the catalyst yeah. that opened that door for them. And I, and I think that's such a huge deal that works like a lot in, in, in a ton of other industries as well. But, you know, for this specifically, it just, you, you see this quite often that that was the thing that took them to the next level or opened their eyes and, and, Oh wait, this is an option. I really like this. I want to try this, you know? Yeah, and when you talk about doing things by trying it, getting that experience, that's exactly what Full Sail is doing with students, right? Is you're giving them really kind of a safe space to do something that they've never done for the first time, to fail, to work with people who who are more experienced, to be taught, and then essentially succeed. Yeah, no, and it's huge. And I think that's like one of the cool parts about it is that, you know, you could come in not knowing a single thing about, whatever degree it is that you're taking and you, you build on that, you know, you, and you start to take a couple classes and you get the foundational concepts and then you start to elevate that with the next couple months. And then, but you're always going back to those foundational things and, mm-hmm. and you just kind of take the staircase up as you go through the program. And for me, like, that's like how I learn. I have to like learn this basic thing, apply it to the new technique, come back to the, the basic thing and, and keep going in that pattern until it just becomes like a, a, you know, second nature. And, and I think that's, you know, a huge part of the program that, and, and I was so bad when it was like, here, read this book and these chapters and then write a paper like that, <laughs> you know, that just didn't make sense to me at all. Yeah. And, you know, obviously we want, you know, our students to be engaged in, in the, the content they're studying. So, you know, we really lean into that project-based learning. So every student that comes to Full Sail gets what we call the launch box, which is either a MacBook Pro laptop or an MSI laptop, depending upon if they're going into like graphics or if they're going into coding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're able to then go and, you know, have that tool at their disposal. Some of that comes with other gear for, you know, if they're uh, a music production student online, they're getting a ton of music software, Pro Tools. They're getting monitors. They're getting microphones and mic stands. Like they're getting all cool. of the things that they would need to do all of their assignments. And that is such a really different kind of picture than most people have of education, you know, reading this book, writing this paper, reading this book, writing this paper. And I, and I think that's, you know, a huge kind of thing for me that I saw was like, this, this makes sense. This is how I learn. Right. And and obviously a lot of other students feel that way as well. And don't get me wrong. We still have books that you have to read. It's that you have to take, but you know, the projects that you're creating, that's really where, you know, the, 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 the knowledge is coming from. Well, I think, too, a barrier that can keep people from starting to do the thing that they want to do is having access to those tools, having access to these various resources. So having those given to you all in one place can really be speed you up in that process of experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the curriculum is built in that, in that kind of with that in mind, right? Like Mm -hmm. that you're, you're kind of on this, on this path to, to go through and, and re kind of purposing it in new ways in the class really helps, you know, that engagement. So that's great. Well, we talked a little bit, we have this common passion about applying business education to passion. And I always use this example because I have a business education and I'm a skateboarder. And so (laughs) people would come to me all the time and be like, John, are you going to start a skate shop? And I'm like, no, I can't (laughs) afford to lose money starting a skate shop because they typically don't make any money. You yeah. know, the, the margins are very thin on on the hard goods and all the soft goods are sold at Zoomies and PacSun. So longer story, we'll go down the <laughs> down that rabbit hole. But, you know, I had this eye-opening moment not too long ago and I was at a flower shop with my mom. We're going looking at plants for her garden. And I was talking to one of the, the people at this flower shop and this person literally knew everything there is to know about yeah. plants. You know, like this one, this temperature, this one, you water all the time. This one, you never water this, that, what have you, all these things. And it just dawned on me in that moment, looking around this store, that person can know literally every single thing about flowers. But if they don't know pricing strategy, if they don't know supply chain to source those plants, if they don't know marketing to reach their audience in an effective and meaningful way, they're going to fail as a business. Yeah. And then you're just an unemployed person who knows a bunch about flowers, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so share a little about your perspective of applying a business education to passion. 
Yeah, I think for me, you know, going through and and kind kind of being like the business manager of all of the different bands that I had played in over the years, you know, really taught me a lot of of having to know more about everything else than the thing that you were actually doing, you know, and that when I started to kind of wind down on the music that's you know around the same time i discovered twitch and i kind of exchanged one passion for another one and and dove headfirst into streaming and twitch but you know i was able to kind of realize that all of those things that i learned and was doing outside of being on stage and playing music applied to streaming as well and applied to this new space and i thought that was like really awesome and i was like wait i don't have to rely on you know four other dudes in my band, you know, it's just me here. This is, this is yeah. the whole thing is just, it's you. And if it doesn't go well, like it's not because someone broke a string or they partied too hard the night before and, and <laughs> they weren't in prime playing position, you know, this is just me now. And, and I, and I really like that, you know, I could really put in the time, really put in the effort, really focus on all of the other things behind the stream you know, and get those together. I mean, and I, and I obviously learned, you know, networking and all of that was a huge part of, of the streaming world. And, you know, I was lucky that there, you know, the game that I was playing that, that I would say I kind of built my community and was this game called destiny by Bungie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it came out in like 2014, I want to say that's what I was started to stream, but like the biggest streamers in the destiny directory on Twitch just happened to live in Tampa and oh, they cool. were put, yeah, they were putting on like this meetup, like, oh, we're going to have a couple of people come down. And it was like this like snowball situation where, you know, all these streamers from all over the country were like, oh, they're, they're doing a meetup in Tampa. I'm going to go like, and then like someone from California and Canada oh. and like all these other places were like, oh, we're all going. And so <laughs> a thousand people showed up to Whoa. a, <laughs> ale house in tampa <laughs> what was the capacity was of this ale house I, it was <laughs> not a thousand we weren't enforcing it because it was it was crazy there was a line i remember standing in this line to meet professor broman and king Gathalian, and like i'm just standing in this line like super excited and there's like a family like eating dinner at this booth right next to me and like no one knew what was going on and like at sure at the time they're like oh yeah these guys on the internet and they make videos and stuff you know they're like YouTubers or something. They're going to like have a little meetup here. Then oh, house is like, yeah, that sounds great. Why not? Right. Later that became known as sweat fest in the, in the destiny community because nice. they went on to create something called destiny con, which later became guardian con. And then finally it's been renamed to GCX, which is gaming community expo. And it's a really great thing. It's, it's a, it's a convention put on with the, the main intent of raising funds for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Cool. And so by going to this first initial thing, I, I got to meet these people, gave them my business card. They're like, what? You get, do you have a business card for your stream? And I was like, yeah. Like, <laughs> apparently no one was doing that. I was like, I did this all the music time. Like I had to have my card with all the links and, you know, QR codes to scan so you could download our songs or whatever. Yeah. There's a ton of drop cards. So I just like took a lot of those things and I brought them into the streaming space. And the next, like, I think after that weekend, I came back and I streamed. I got rated by every big destiny streamer that was there and i was just like this is great i can't believe this is happening and that really was like the catalyst for me you know was networking with those people and obviously we're still all great friends and and work together quite often we we work with rare drop quite a bit at full sale and they've put on some events with like i said earlier the tampa bay lightning was through rare drop which is the the company that puts on gcx but it was it was a pretty cool thing to see that kind of like same mentality the the business mindset of going in in trying to be successful in the music space but being able to transition that into this this streaming world and that was that was a a pretty cool thing so i i you know the funny thing is i look back now and i was really nervous and hesitant to even go and my wife was like let's just go let's just we'll get a hotel room go up to tampa we'll have a great time and we did and i'm so glad that she like kind of like nudged me into doing it because i was dead i was terrified at first you know i'm like this is a whole new space that i don't like i've been playing music for so long that's easy i could do that all day and i would never feel intimidated to get on stage and do whatever but like this new streaming thing was i was 
I was still, you know, a baby in that. And so it was a, it was a fun, a fun journey, but one of those that I look back on and be like, man, I have to take my own advice there and just go and do it. Just, right. just step up to the plate and go because there's so many great things that have, have happened since then, you know, because of just taking those first initial steps. That's awesome. I've had some moments like that where, you know, I, I moved around the, uh, across the country a number of times and, you know, one thing led to another to this other thing that like, I would definitely not be where I am today had I probably not moved to Washington DC 15 years ago, you know, (laughs) and you can't draw a straight line. But if I told you every single stop along the way, it would make sense of like, Oh, that's how you're doing the thing now and the place that you're doing it. Yeah. And it's really cool too, that to see you taking your own advice as it can oftentimes be very easy to tell other people what they should be doing. But then when it comes to you, yeah, like, oh, that doesn't apply. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not ready. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and you're still streaming to this day, right? You're still streaming. What are you it's streaming these days? Obviously, a little bit. So I play the game that I'm currently playing is Escape from Tarkov, which is like the I, I say it's probably like the most hardcore FPS that's out there just because it's very punishing. If you die, you lose yeah. all your stuff. Definitely really entertaining, though. So definitely if you're looking for something new that's a little bit different check it out because it's 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 a lot of fun it's definitely an entertaining game especially if you're watching on twitch but destiny's still you know still kind of a mainstay for my channel you know my, my channel's changed a lot because of this this opportunities in esports right like you know initially it's always like okay like we're gonna go full-time we're gonna be a full-time streamer and and, and do all of that and mm-hmm. You know, right around the time that I got partnered was when all of this stuff was happening with esports and full sale. And, you know, I never for the life of me thought that playing video games on the Internet was going to lead to a whole new career for me. And that and that's what it did. And so I I like to say that I'm a former full time, now part time streamer, but it's really more I'm just having fun. I love streaming. It's it's such a release for me, you know, Mm -hmm. like that. It's just one of those things like. I'm not in a great mood. I just want to play video games and like get whatever it is out. And so that's a huge, a huge thing for me with streaming is, you know, I, it's, it's, the, it's the thing I enjoy doing. So it's a little bit different these days, not as much focused on trying to be the, you know, the next big top dog in, in the streaming space, but it's a lot of fun. And I love the community that we built and, and, you know, being able to, you know, have the opportunity to, to meet and play games with people across the world. You know, I've yeah. got buddies in Australia and the UK. They're like, I would have never met these people had it wasn't, if it wasn't for streaming. And so play that. Obviously I do co-own a website called wherezer.com. And it's funny, my business partner, and I, we actually met, we're both streamers. We are in an esports org that was, we are doing content for that esports org. And, and essentially that we were the only two people that played destiny. So we buddied up and she started doing Zer streams. And for anyone that doesn't keep saying, I keep saying Zer that they don't know what Zer is or destiny. Zer is this, this NPC character. It's a non-playable character, but he shows up every Friday at reset and in destiny every day there's a reset where items change for vendors but this vendor only shows up on friday at reset and then they're only there from friday till tuesday morning and then at that reset he goes away but he sells exotic items and some legendary weapons and gear but essentially these are like the high end items that you want. And so it's always random and he shows up randomly on a planet in in the game. And so we basically have the site that normally people would just go to and like, Oh, what is he selling? Oh, look at where is there.com. And obviously, Oh, he's selling the Gallahorn, you know, or whatever. And, you know, but we decided that, Hey, we're both streamers. Let's like embed our Twitch player on it. We'll create a Twitch account specifically for, the, the website called Zerwatch, and basically we just started doing the show, and it's been a couple of years now that we've been doing it. But our our website's probably one of the more popular third party Destiny websites, so we get quite a bit of traffic there on Fridays, and we've built a pretty awesome community of of fans of Zer. And I think more importantly for new players coming into Destiny Two, it's an opportunity to to learn a little bit more about like what why these items are important. Should yeah. I get this item? Is this stat roll good? Is, you know, is it worth me spending the currency that I have, which may not be a lot, you know, on these things and, you know, being a veteran of destiny too. And like most other people, you already have everything that this guy could sell, but 
he does bring new roles. And if you're looking for a very specific build in the game and really want to nerd out, you can go and be like, re-roll different things, you buy the engram, you know, do all of this different stuff. And so that's a that's a huge other part of, of this. So Destiny's still, a, you know, still a big part of the channel. I just have been really only streaming Destiny when I'm doing the Zerwatch thing lately as I've been really, really all into the Tarkov game at this point on my channel. That's awesome. And what is your channel called? How can how can people check you out? Yeah, so it's twitch.tv slash Dammit Bennett, which is my my alias, I guess, on the internet is, is Dammit Bennett, which is, it's funny, I was learning how to drive. I had my permit at the time. My dad was in the car. I was driving and I saw the green light. It was green, you know, and kept going and it turned yellow and he's like, slow down, <laughs> slow down. And I just kept going. <laughs> I was like, I got, I got this. I'm in the driver's seat. I got this. We'll be fine. And then I just remember him going, damn it, Bennett, go. <laughs> I say that I made it. He disagrees, but it was pretty funny. And ever since then, I, I've always kind of used that as like the, the the profile name on that. So you can find me anywhere on the internet. Damn it, Bennett. You'll you just Google that. You, you'll be able to find me. That's awesome. For the <laughs> Great context with that story. I, I'm guessing there's an N at the end of damn. You're not saying stop the flow of a river. Bennett, you're <laughs> <Yes>. saying <laughs> stop doing what you're doing. Yes. Bennett, got it. Damn it, Bennett. All right. I think we got that. Let me take you quickly back to Full Sail here as we have about 15 minutes in this episode. You guys have an esports degree program. We uh, do. Want to hear more about that? Yeah. So it's the game and business, game business and esports bachelor's degree. It's actually just launched, which is really exciting. But essentially, you know, there's so much that goes into the business side of not only video games, like working at a, at a studio, but but specifically esports. And, and this program really tackles, you know, all of those different things. And, and so this is a 20 month campus program, a 29 month online program. And it really focused on game business models, esports gaming and management and leadership. But the, the program is, is really great. I, I'm excited for you know, our, our students that are, are just diving into it. We've had a lot of people when we announced it, we like, oh, I want to take another program because they were <laughs> they're just graduating from another degree and, and sure. have found their love for esports, you know, recently. So I think this is a huge, a huge win. And, and I'm really excited to see kind of the collaboration between these students that are going into this program and all the things that we're doing on campus regarding Armada and esports and, and everything happening, you know, at the Fortress. That's really cool. You know, there's been a lot of discussion the last couple of years around curriculums for esports. I had an opportunity to write a course for SMU on business development and revenue strategies, and I'm I'm part of a board for an MBA track with University of North Texas where they're kind of just at it's more traditional and it's like there's this esports lens on top right. of it. And so there's a lot of discussion around like how much is the same as traditional sports? For and sure. how much is different? And some people say, oh, if you have an esports degree, that doesn't mean you know everything about esports. And my answer is, hey, you know what I knew about marketing after I graduated? <laughs> Not much <laughs> that applied to doing a marketing job like every other kid who typically right. graduates anywhere from full sale, of course. Anywhere from full sale. <laughs> but talk a little bit about that curriculum and your perspective on you know, what's unique about esports education and, right. and what can be taken from traditional industries? For sure. And, and you know, I think I, I like even the analogy that you gave, because I think that there's plenty of programs out there. If you wanted to go into marketing, you could get into marketing. You want to go into sports marketing, you're going to have a very more focused you know, degree and curriculum based on the interests that you have. And, and that's how our program works as well. Is obviously, all of these things transition to other you know, industries as well. But if your main goal is to work in the esports world or the or go to a gaming studio, you know, this is a, a program where you're able to get that specialized education and focus on the things that all of those companies and industries are telling us, hey, these are the things that we need from your graduates. You know, we yeah. we have game studios and esports organizations that say these are the things that when we hire people, this is what we look for. And that's a huge you know, piece of knowledge that is really important when we start to design the curriculum is to think about, you know, the grads that are leaving full sale and going out into the industry, making sure that they're prepared 
with all of the skills that are necessary to be successful and get those jobs in that industry. And so, you know, I, I, I like the idea of like, yeah, sure. You could take a, a marketing degree and, and still work in esports or professional football or hockey or whatever, you know, like yeah. you could take this program and still work in, in a traditional marketing environment. Cause a lot of the concepts are, are the same, but when you start to specialize them, I think that's where it's different. Obviously gaming, and I know we're talking about marketing here, but like gaming, we we see that most gamers don't react to the same. I'll be nice and say react the same to traditional marketing. Yeah. And they're very quick to call out, you know, a brand when it's not going well. And and so I yes. think that's another piece of that puzzle is that you start to when you start to specialize in this, you get to have a better understanding of that market and and learn a lot more about the the culture itself and mm-hmm. and really getting to a point where you understand what's going to work and what's not going to work. And so I think that's a big deal when you start to get into that specialized nature, you know, especially for esports and gaming cuz if you've seen any of the 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 Twitter back and forth from some of these campaigns that have gone out, I mean, yes. Yeah. Can be brutal. It's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, that's kind of my world. And so I uh, talk a lot about, you know, the skeptical nature of this subculture that has been undervalued, underrepresented. And then all yeah. of a sudden, all the big headlines come in and, you know, all these brands look at all these kids and they're like, oh, we'll take your money. And they're like, yeah. where you been, homie? I've been doing yeah. this for 20 years, <laughs> you know. And so, yeah, partnerships in that marketing, I think specifically mm-hmm. is something that is different enhancing experiences rather than just awareness plays and things like yeah. that. But what's a benefit as well, I think, to these these companies that are going to hire the kids you're educating is currently in this esports space, a lot of people in the space are, are pretty young, right? Yeah. So you don't have a lot of experience. But you do understand the culture of gaming, you know, you, you more... It's, it's like a fish doesn't know it's wet, right? It's like, right. I remember when I was selling skateboards for this first time, I didn't realize how much I knew about skateboarding products until I was explaining it to a father who didn't know that <laughs> there were differences with yeah. different sizes of boards and things of that nature. And so I think it's just such a great value add to these companies to, to get a new hire mm-hmm. who is a gamer, who understands gaming culture, these things we're talking about, but also has had a targeted education at a prestigious university like Full Sail. And you're kind of getting, you know, you still have more years of experience, obviously you want to build, but you're kind of getting the best of both worlds there with these, these new graduates, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think that specialized nature is, is really the, the key, right? Is that, yeah, when you are a company and you're looking to hire somebody, you know, that's, that's a, that's a big, you know, sign that says, Hey, this, I've got a specialized nature in the thing that you don't really know anything about. Yeah. That's a big win. Right. And so, you know, we're, we're real excited to see, you know, the, the grads that come out of this program, obviously we just launched it. So we've got to get, let us run its full course, but we've, we've had quite a, quite a lot of interest. And I think, you know, a lot of the programs is, is the same. We're seeing a lot. We, you know, we have this, the Dan Patrick School of Sports Casting, which is yeah. kind of a, a really unique program for Full Sail because most of our degrees are all behind the scenes, behind the camera, if you will. Mm-hmm. And this is the first one that is is kind of part performance, right? Where you're in front of the camera, you're obviously learning all of the other things behind the camera from production, producing, cool. scripting, doing all of those types of things. But you're also, you know, casting and you're learning that. And so we, we're, we're now seeing a ton of students that are coming into this because they're interested in not only casting for traditional sports, but they're also interested in casting for esports. And we have, you know, our whole, you know, program kind of built around this as well from from an esports perspective. So, you know, we have a Twitch channel, right, where students are in playing on their varsity team and we're bringing in casters from the Dan Patrick School School of Sports Casting or other areas. They don't necessarily have to be in that program if they've got an interest, but they're able to then cast the matches that are happening on the Twitch channel, which is which is pretty cool. And and it gives them an opportunity to learn that, gives them an opportunity to build their skills, gives them opportunities to do different things, especially when we have like events on on our campus at the at the fortress. A great example 
example of this is we worked with the Special Olympics. The 2022 Games were here in Orlando. And so they had been talking to us and we had been working with them for about almost three years planning a their first kind of, you know, foot in, in the pool of esports. And so we did the first Special Olympics esports invitational and and we did that at the fortress we actually had both students from our dan patrick school sports casting degree program one of them flew in from california the other one is a current student on campus and they were able to cast that entire event for the special olympics which was incredible it was aired not only on our twitch channel but also on espn2 and it was like the talk of the town at the olympic village after everyone's talking about esports and at at, you know full sail university And, and it was a really cool thing so I, I think there's a lot of opportunity when it comes to, you know, the world of esports and and just all that it can really offer a student, especially if you're coming to full sale. Yeah, I love that model of an event produced by the students right. and mentored by the faculty, but also companies on the outside who these students are gaining experience with. There's obviously internship or new hire yep. opportunities after they they build that relationship. So I just... I'm a big fan of that model. Before I let you go, I think I need to plug your podcast a little bit. Have Game Will Travel. Let's get you some new subscribers. Let's add to the massive following. Tell us about your podcast. What is the theme and what are your goals there? Yeah, so essentially, you know, it kind of boils down to that whole idea of something that I really believe in is that there's so much more to esports than just being good at the game. Mm -hmm. And so I, I really wanted to start something that we focused on the world of esports but more specifically like the careers that people are are out there doing that you may not hear about all the time right. and so you know every other week we we do this live on our twitch channel twitch.tv slash full sale armada and essentially we just have you know a kind of an interview style show where we talk about you know our guest journey through the industry where they went maybe where, where they went to school you know what what kind of degree did they get and then really start to dive into the things that set them up to you know be in their in, in their current role and so yeah. was, was that streaming on twitch or was that doing something else like what was it that kind of was that catalyst for them to get into this industry and i think you know the stories that we've heard have been pretty incredible we've had great guests from the vp of esports at e united to other twitch partners that are are doing great things you know and we're 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 keeping Keeping, keeping it moving. So we got a lot of guests coming up here that I'm real excited about. But, you know, essentially, I, I think it goes back to the idea that, you know, there's so many students that want to be in this industry that just don't know where they feel like they belong yet. Hmm. And I think kind of shining a light around and saying, hey, there's all of these really cool opportunities and jobs that exist out there that you may not have either heard of or know of that I, I think the, the the show gives a gives a little spotlight to. And I think that's a pretty cool thing because just like any professional sport, NFL, NHL, you know, I'm a big hockey fan. So I always reference that like there's a whole industry of people underneath that that support that that make that work and and, right. and those sports have had you know a hundred years or so of a head start than esports does but the same thing happens with esports they need all those same people obviously with more a much more specialized you know focus but it's still the same type of thing and so we can kind of showcase that and talk about those roles and those jobs and maybe the path that they got to get there i think that's a huge win for everybody yeah, and I think a benefit of esports being so young is there's more opportunities at a higher level. You know, yeah. I mean, if you're trying to get into traditional sports, you're going to be selling tickets, and yep. you know, it's not throwing any shade on our our ticket yeah. salesmen out there, but that's a kind of a tough telemarketing type of a job that oh, yeah. a lot of people, you know, have to do just to get in. Or you know, you want to work for an NFL team, you know, good luck getting through that ironclad gate there Mm -hmm. uh, because it's such a highly desirable job and not that it's necessarily super easy to get into esports but there's so much emerging there's so much growth and there's opportunities to rise faster than you would in a traditional industry and also be innovative trailblaze you know maybe you can make your own role in an organization yeah and I, i mean even going back to the traditional thing i think the idea is that even if you're going to sell ticket tickets for the tampa bay bucks like you're you're doing it. You started that. You like right. 
yes, it's it's there's, it's a challenge ahead for sure, right? Mm-hmm. But you're starting it, and that's a and that's a great thing to do. And uh, you know, I uh, I think that there's a lot of opportunity by going and getting those jobs and then really trying to excel at them, you know, and, yep. and, and take that to the next level, get noticed in those industries and be like, you know, realize that, Hey, we, this, this person is, is fantastic. We need, they're, they're not being utilized as much as they could be in a different position. You know, there's always opportunities. So, you know, I think, the, like you said, with the focus on esports, it, it isn't as, you know, compacted as, as, as maybe maybe professional football is, but there's there's still a lot of opportunity out there. And I think from a individual standpoint, if you really have a passion for it, you could just start making YouTube videos and start casting, you know, over existing gameplay and just yeah. start putting stuff out and just go and and you never know what's gonna happen from that. And best part is you're gonna improve. Like that's right. As you make those videos and as you do those types of things, you're going to get better and it's not going to be like overnight success, but you know, it will come. And and that, as long as that consistency is there, that's a, that's a, that's a big part of it. Yeah. You're not going to get better by not doing it. And the other thing is when you're, when you're creating assets or creating content, you're creating value for the people who you are looking to work for. I was at SMU the other day, they had an event called Dallas startup week. And Jason Lake of Complexity Gaming was speaking on a panel and students were asking him, how do I get my start in esports? You know, how do I get my foot in the door? And he and the other two panelists were sharing how the people who they have hired have added value to them first. It's not, hey, can you do me a favor? It's not, (laughs) are you hiring? It's, look, I developed a social media strategy for Complexity Gaming. Will you check it out? No, he doesn't have enough time. Okay, so two weeks later, hey, I did, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yep. You know, like, like keep trying. But when you are adding value to something, when you're you're learning yourself by doing it, then you're creating essentially case studies that you can pitch. And at some point, and it might not even be the team or the person you thought originally, but if, if you persevere, you are going to break through and you're yep. going to find that opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I think there's a, a, a fine line between working for free and letting someone see that you have talent and knowledge and insight into these industries. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think volunteering is a huge deal. I mean, that anytime that someone's like, how do I get involved? I'm like, hey, we have this event coming up. We need volunteers. Cool. Yep. And how do I like and then when you go to that event, work hard, you know. Show up on time. Do show show up on time. You know, work hard. Show like, hey, what can I? Hey, what else can I do? I've already completed the other task you gave me. What can I? Like, those are like people are like whoa. And I, and I'll say this from experience. Most of the time, when people come in and they volunteer, the people that work super hard and are really like like a young go getter, if you will, you know, like mm-hmm. they're the ones that I'm like next time. Like, okay, we got to have this person. We got to check their availability, see if they can come back. And maybe now we're putting in them in an elevated role where now they can have some more resume experience. Oh, I got to do this right. for this event. You know, like that, I mean, you really showing what you got is a huge deal when it comes to that stuff. And again, I, I, I firmly believe that if you're working hard and you got the talent, you should be paid for your stuff, but it's got to start somewhere. And, you know, there, there is a fine line between that. That happened a lot in the music industry, right? Well, Hey, if you sell enough tickets, you can play the show. And it's like, bro, come on, you know, but you know, it just, it's part, unfortunately of the game that sometimes you have to, you know, Hey, this is what I can offer. Here's my strategies. Here's this content. Here's whatever. Like, I think you guys would do great if you did this. And like a lot of times, especially some of these, these, these gaming orgs, man, they, they see, they look at it. Like it, it gets passed around and eventually it makes it to the top dog. And that is when they're like, why are we, why have we not hired this person yet? You know? And and, and that's how it goes. And it doesn't, again, doesn't happen overnight and all the time, but if you've got some, 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 you know, skill and some talent there, like that's a huge, a huge deal. Definitely worth, worth it. And the other thing too, like this comes for, I always get asked questions of like, Hey, how do I do like sponsorships and partnerships with companies? I'm like, just start making videos. You don't, you can make a video and be like, I, this isn't sponsored content. I actually bought this with my money, but I love it. And I think you should too. And here like present the mm-hmm. idea. Like that's a huge win for, you know, uh, a lot of those companies and they notice that. And they eventually, you know, maybe that leads to, you know, uh, a sponsorship or a job down the road. If you're, if you're staying consistent and, and keep creating content and building an audience. So, 
Well, I, yeah, I always, to build on that, I always say it's easier to sell a case study than an idea. And if you go to a brand like Ice Shaker, for example, <laughs> sponsor the DLC Drop podcast, if you go to them and you said, hey, I want to make a video for you, this is my idea, that's way different and it's going to be less successful than if you say, hey, look at this video I did for maybe another brand, right? Like, nobody knows how much you got paid for that. They just know, you know, how much you're asking for this one, right? Or, yeah. you know, I made this this video with your product. You know, I'd love to do more sort of a thing. And so, and so you're gaining experience, you're getting better by doing, and you're creating case studies that people will eventually pay you for. Yeah. Cool. Well, I could talk for probably another hour or two with you, my friend, but we got to cut it off here at the the end of the hour. How can people follow you, find you and full sale in the ways you'd like them to? Yeah, absolutely. So again, anywhere on the internet, all TikTok, YouTube, all those things, Dammit Bennett at Dammit Bennett. For Armada, you can follow Full Sail Armada on all of those same platforms. It's pretty much all one word, Full Sail Armada. And then, you know, our seasons are just getting ready to be kicked off. Some of the, some of the varsity teams have started playing, which is, which is great. Uh, always excited to see, you know, the students ramp back up and, and kick things off. So we're really excited. We have 10 different varsity teams this season that are going to be competing across a, a bunch of different games, which is really cool. And then we also have a stream team that streams during the day on the Armada channel as well. So you can always catch that if you're looking for, you know, kind of see what it's all about twitch.tv slash full sale armada wonderful well we'll definitely be watching we'll turn cheer on your teams i really appreciate your time today you have an incredible story of your career and i just love what you and what full sale are doing to bring up the next generation of esports professionals and set up our industry for success so thank you so much bennett newsom for joining me today on the dlc drop podcast thank you Thank you for listening to the DLC Drop Podcast. This podcast is part of the Esports Futuri Podcast Network and produced by Innovation Media Enterprises. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast channel and leave us a review.